honestly, I just want to keep them. It's like an iconic Montreal shoe, and it's the first. It's one of the first times I hear that Montreal's been put on the map. Who would have ever thought there would be uh, bagels and shoes uh, together? It's it's a crazy thing, but people like it. That's what it sounded like Friday morning outside a downtown Montreal shoe store where hundreds of eager customers lined up around the block to get a free hot bagel and buy a pair of Nike's newest running shoes, modeled after the iconic Montreal bagel. They're designed to represent the city's flatter, denser, and chewier bagels than the ones from New York or Toronto. And Nike purposely launched these shoes in Montreal first before they make them more widely available for sale starting this week. As far as we know, this is the first Canadian Jewish food that's been turned into a running shoe. And now while some lucky customers who managed to snag their dunks have undoubtedly tried to double their $169 investment by reselling them already, Avi Feingold of the CJN's Bonjour Chai podcast swears he's planning to keep his when he gets a pair because of what they represent. This is a very Jewish shoe, and the, the Jews that I spoke to in the line were uh, very proud. They thought that it was really cool that this actually exists. Um, it's, a, it's a nice, beautiful thing to have. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, January the 16th. 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Nike has paid tribute before to other major world cities in footwear, like Paris and London and Tokyo. Even New York has a shoe, it looks like a pigeon, and Toronto has had its shoe tribute. It was called the Six, with a little nod to We the North. And of course, Adidas reissued a Terry Fox shoe. But until now, there's never been a shoe that specifically honors Montreal. The CJN's Rabbi Avi Feingold is a very sharp dresser. And over the years, he's amassed over 150 pairs of sneakers in his collection. Nike's Bagel Dunks launch event was like manna from heaven. And so he braved the heavy snowfall and frigid temperatures Friday morning to go down and see what all the excitement was about. And he joins me now from Montreal. Welcome to the CJN Daily. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's been a while. Well, who better to have talk about your experiences with a new bagel shoe than you were just there hours ago and we're recording it fresh out of the oven. Uh, literally, no, yes. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. pun intended. Um, so I went to Off the Hook, which is uh, one of the uh, main uh, sneaker head stores in Montreal. It's one of the places that historically has been around. It's been around for over 20 years. It's where a lot of uh, sneaker people and streetwear people go uh, to buy their stuff. They're right at the corner of Peel and St. Catherine, right in the heart of downtown. Um, and they were the uh, first launch, meaning there are other stores that are going to have this sneaker and it's going to be released somewhat in the U.S. as well. Um, but for the first day and the first launch, um, Off the Hook got the exclusive. Um, they had a truck outside serving uh, bagels and cream cheese and coffee. Um, people were waiting outside all night, and uh, that's no small feat in Montreal. Uh, people were waiting in line. The first people waiting in line starting at 5 p.m., 4 p.m. last night. At the last count that I did before I went in to see the beginning of the, of the sales, uh, there were over 300 people waiting in line. Um, to which I dubbed uh, the breadline, you know, for people waiting for big. <laughs> okay, so for people who aren't into sneaker world, sneaker, sneaker, the sneakerhead world, why is this this shoe so attractive? 
historically, there have always been shoes that have been released that relate to, you know, something, whether it's hist- uh, a time of the year, whether you have a Valentine's Day Air Force Ones or Easter Ones uh, or holiday ones or Black History Month shoes, Latino History Month shoes, um, and various cities and neighborhoods and cultures get their own style of shoes. I remember buy- trying to buy multiple pairs of the World Cup uh, shoe uh, back in the mid-2000s that they made a pair for every from the same model for every country that was participating in the World Cup. So you're often doing uh, sneaker releases like that um, that are color-coordinated. And I don't think that there has been a shoe that really represented Montreal until now. And this had been rumored for uh, several months already that this was around. People had been teasing small bits of of pictures of it. And, um, you know, I was asking people in the line, what does this mean to you? And they're like, yeah, we want a shoe that really represents Montreal. We're happy for this. There's a bagel... uh, you know, sort of motif running through the whole thing. And this is who we are. If we're sneakerheads, we like this. And we actually, I saw people waiting in line who were not really sneaker people, but they had been reading about this all week in the newspaper and decided to like, hey, I need a pair of this. I need, I need to be part of this. It's a moment. It's a cultural moment to say, I want to get a pair of these shoes. Is there a limited supply uh, of these shoes around? Like how rare are they? So uh, Nike is not going to go and tell us exactly how many. You, you, these types of things where you either have like, a, well, there's only 100 pairs of these that exist or they're they're out there and they exist and there's a few thousand pairs, quite a few thousand pairs, but they're not going to tell you exactly how many. Do other stores have them? Yes. Are they going to be released in the US? Yes. Are they going to make more of them when they run out? Probably not. Are they going to tell us how many? No. And so I wondered what people were saying to you about the actual design, because the Montreal bagel itself is iconic, but when they put it into a shoe, did they get it right? Was it well received? I think so. I, you know, I, I was having a conversation with some one of the uh, people in the line earlier, and uh, we were talking about how so many of the foods that are uh, thought of as Montreal foods, right, the bagel, the smoked meat, but also like the gyro and the shish taouk and uh, so many other types of foods, uh, uh, soup ton quinoise, right? Like, well, poutine is very, very Quebecois, but I was talking about the fact that there's so many um, – international foods that have become uh, emblematic of the Montreal cuisine, right, and Montreal's, like, food culture. And the bagel is is a very, very Jewish food that has transcended, right, its Jewish roots to really become an icon of Montreal in general. And people were looking at it, and the details of what it was was, was really, really well done, I think, right, where the sesame seeds are on there on a, on a tan look. Um, the bottom of the shoe is a gum sole to represent the honey that is dipped in. Um, the inside of the shoe, the, the, the inside so the sock liner is wood grain to think about all the wood fire brick ovens in which bagels, real bagels are made. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a lot of the right details that it hits. Um, they could have done a collaboration with any of the of the iconic stores. They, ch- I think they actively chose not to collaborate with St. Viator or Fairmount um, to not have to take sides on the on the matter. Um, but the blue swoosh is very reminiscent of the blue that you see in those uh, stores logos and stuff like that. But what, how, where did they get their research? Was there any uh, permissions needed from the local Montreal? Uh, bagel makers or any designers, yeah. You don't need permission to uh, to put sesame seeds on a tan shoe, right? There's no uh, unique, uh, you know, copyright on that. And in theory, if Adidas wanted to go and put sesame seeds on their shoe, uh, go ahead, go do it. Or they might go and make poppy seed bagel, you know, uh, sneakers. And uh, you know, that's I hate poppy seed bagel. Uh, Only sesame seeds. I'm, I think that's all that I saw 
all morning, and I think you very well might be right, but I'm just saying that there are, there are alternatives, and uh, those poppy seed people might want to go and buy a pair of Adidas. And so I, there was no copyrights needed because they're not doing that, but they did collaborate with uh, Montreal Designers for the Box, which was exclusive to Montreal um, shoes sales, meaning if you buy the shoe in the U.S., you're just getting the standard orange Nike box, but in Montreal, it came beautifully wrapped in a very nicely designed shoe. It is gorgeous. Shoe. I want to frame it on my wall. That is stunning. So... The people who came, were they Jewish? I, I met a handful of uh, members of the tribe, of the uh, people who would have walked along the Red Sea floor in their bagel dunks. Um, but uh, so, so definitely were some Jews waiting in line. Um, but it was, a, it was a tremendous mix. It was so Montreal in that there was um, every... Every ethnic background, every language that I heard spoke, spoken, I heard a lot of French, a lot of English, uh, a lot of random stuff. It's just, I did not hear any Yiddish uh, in line. Um, or see any but, uh, ultra-Orthodox uh, I, I wasn't paying attention to everybody. <laughs> I did not see any ultra-Orthodox people. I always think I was the only kippah in line uh, or around the line, uh, but there were definitely some, some Jewish people around, and, uh, you know, that's about it. Okay, this is Canadian Jewish News. So we have to find out, is there any Jewishness except for the idea of a bagel in the creation of the shoe? Is it a kosher shoe? I, I don't imagine that it's not a kosher shoe. There's nothing unkosher about shoes. There's very little that one can say, I think, uh, other than maybe the ethics of how it was made. And I'm not going to, I have no information about that. I, I assume that Nike takes care of its they workers. They didn't get a much gear to look practices. at the <laughs> <laughs> They did not get a much gear. There's nothing particularly Jewish about it, but... Um, I, I really, and I've looked around and I've tried to figure this out. I think this is the most Jewish sneaker release um, of all time. The only thing that the, there's, the things that come close is uh, the, there was a Ben and Jerry's shoe that was released a couple of years ago um, that had the Ben and Jerry's style of, uh, of, of you know, their ice cream pints. It's called the, the Chunky Dunky. That's what they sort of gave it a nickname of. Uh, incredibly rare shoe, very hard to find, has... You know, so there's a Jewish connection there. Yes, but they're also um, very controversial now, right? With the whole Israel West Bank thing. I'm not. They are Jewish. We're not going to go there. Um, so there's that. And then the other shoe that I thought of that has a Jewish connection is um, LeBron James had played in Israel for a while. And one of his signature shoes they released in a Maccabi Tel Aviv colorway for a little while. So uh, is there a blessing for new shoes? I think there's a blessing on clothing if you um, choose to see it as something that is really special, right? If you're buying pairs of shoes every Every week and none of them are special. I wouldn't make a blessing, but I would make a shechianu on a special pair of shoes or a special suit or you know something really nice and uh, new and different, and you feel proud wearing it the first time. You absolutely would make a shechianu blessing on that. And I think that if uh, you know somebody really cares about their their bagel dunks, they should uh, make a shechianu, but not a hamotzi. <laughs> Good one. We did not plan this, people. This was uh, off, the, off the cuff. You were mentioning that the people in line were proud. They thought it was cool. But let's take it from the context of where we're at in, in culture now. We're coming out after the period where uh, Yeezy uh, and his shoe line was dropped. Adidas dropped their uh, collaborations with, uh, with Kanye West. And now Nike comes out with a Jewish shoe. Is there any timing... Did they do this on purpose? Does this say anything about why they did it? Is this like a, a thumb nose to anti-Semitism in sports? I would say absolutely not. Um, shoes like this are in development for a very long time. This was probably planned at least a year ago, if not more. Um, so I would, I would hazard a guess to say that it is highly unlikely that there was any sort of dig back at Adidas for something like this. Okay. How many pairs do you have? 
Are you even allowed to ask a sneakerhead something oh, like you that? Can. Is that you a can. question you're allowed um, to ask? Are you okay, talking okay, just sorry. sneakers or because I'm a rabbi also, I care about dress shoes as well and nice uh, footwear. If you if you're going giving me both. <laughs> if you're going footwear overall, it's uh, well into three figures. Pairs of shoes, not individual shoes. Um, I have a and then sneakers. Then probably sneakers? about half that, I would say. So 150. Is that considered a lot for a sneakerhead? Um, look, there are people that when I was asking people in this in the line, right? There are people that have you know young kids that are just starting out. They have five, ten pairs maybe, and then you have people that have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I try not to pay pay for rare ones. That's the thing is that I tend to only want to have shoes that I can wear and wear regularly. Are you keeping these, or you're going to resell the bigger ones? I I. No, these are definitely keepers. I'm not a reseller anymore. I think I'll only resell shoes if uh, if I'm done with them and uh, not interested. And that's a very different world. I, uh, these are definitely part of the collection. They're a piece of history, but I'm going to wear them. I'm not going to keep them on a, on a shelf in the corner and uh, just leave them be. I think that this shoe, you'll definitely find some by the end of the day up on uh, some various resale sites. By the end of the week, you'll find some more. There are definitely people that are going to resell them. Um, I think that this one for Montrealers is something, especially for the original sneakerheads that really care about this. They're saying, why would I sell a piece of history, right? For the guy that was waiting in line, the first one, he was waiting with his stepson in line who was 15, and he... um, was like, why would I miss out on this, right? I was like, if it's not a fancy shoe, at least I, if it's not a valuable shoe, at least uh, I say I had a great experience. But if, I, if it is something really worth something, I'm able to say I was there then and I have it now. And that's it. Last question. Um, this is Quebec we're talking about. Was there anything that this shoe had to do in order to be bilingual or the box or I don't know, did you notice? Were they conforming to the, the Régie de la langue française or any of that stuff? I, I don't think there was anything there that was or wasn't. Bagels have transcended language. A bagel is a, is a bagel is a bagel is a bagel in English, in Francais, in Yiddish, in Hebrew. Um, that's the same word. And dunks are dunks, I guess. So all I kept seeing was signs, bagel dunks. Did you have fun? Did you have a good time in there? Like you got for, you cover a lot of like gloom and doom and serious stories. But this was a personal favorite of yours, I bet. It's a, it's an interesting story. It's good to like you know see Montreal Pride um, you know represent itself, and I think that we're a generally a very a city that has a lot of pride in this these types of things. And then to get a international recognition with a sneaker is a, it's kind of a fun thing. It's a moment. What kind of bagels were they selling? Was it which which firm, which bakery was it? Do you know? <laughs> At the truck. So I go to the owner and I say. Today, are you selling? Are you giving a Fairmount or a Saint Viator? And he goes, "Don't put me in that situation." <laughs> it's hard to tell the difference. I don't know if I had two bags in front of me, I wouldn't have been able to tell no, the I difference. I think people can tell the difference, but uh, yeah, people ask me what I like to eat, and I say I go to District Bagel or Cote Saint Luke Bagel because those are the certified kosher ones. Um, not that they. St. Vieter, Fairmount, or Trafe. I don't think that they are. I just, uh, as, a, as a rabbi in the city, I tend to, to stick to, to things that are certified, and that's it. And by the way, Avi didn't actually buy a pair of bagel dunks that morning. It wouldn't have been fair because he got to cut in the line and go see the shoes as a reporter, not as a customer. He's hoping to get some of his own soon. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, Integrity, Community, Quality, and Customer Care. Today's listener shout-out goes to the family of the late Cynthia Engel. Cynthia was a journalist and longtime editor of the Ottawa Jewish Bulletin. She was 82. Her funeral was Thursday in Ottawa. 
Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. And just to let you know that even though I've lived in Toronto for years, when I visit family in Montreal, I make sure and go to Diz's on Cote St. Luke Road to pick up my two dozen fresh bagels that I take back with me. Where is your favorite Montreal bagel place? Write to me and let me know. I'm at ebessner at the cjn.ca.